Uh, so I think we're ready just about to roll into it. I've just got to find the drop. Here we go. You ready to rock and roll? I'm ready to rock and roll. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. XFL.com. All right, good. All right, I'm ready. Isn't Here it we dot go. .tv? Don't they use like a Tuvalu X- domain XFL. name? XFL.biz. Um, oh, hey, didn't see you guys there. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. Clearly out of practice after a week off. Did not have the XFL website preloaded. It, the, the bar is still going across the screen. The fucking shit's still spinning trying to load this. Goddamn re- recap. Got a love. Week 10 of the XFL. I Cannot know, we, believe we, it. We've all got high-speed internet, but you've got to love a sporting organization that still has have their servers on basically a, a dial-up connection. Like 56K tubes. Yeah, <laughs> with the, the big The tapes. scores are stored on the mainframe, <laughs> and that's why we can't get to them. They're inaccessible. <laughs> I have can't to use find the punch cards to input the scores. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's Apu with the Pong game. And so you pull them out of the order and they might as well fucking toss it in the garbage. Um, Tony, we, t- we took a week off and uh, we're in the midst of our spring break, but we thought we'd be nice and get something out there for the fans. We know that we know they've been itching for some of our delightful content. Well, they've been itching for me. Let's be honest. That's what people are here for. I that know is honestly not- true. They're not here for the political talk. And yet our beer, beer talk is scintillating. And your dulcet tones, yes, you are deep. You are the deepest in the this and Iowa universe. But <laughs> let's be honest, it's the sweet Aussie accent that people come for. It is true. I, I actually have realized this even. I knew this already, but I, I've learned this even more so from having listened to TAI over the last month or so. It, for as much shit as you got for the decade of TAI that you were involved in, um, people do seem to come back just for Tony content. And it is funny because I remember when you became the host of the Friday show, it felt like there was backlash um, to this concept, uh, which was very funny to think about now. It is, but people don't like change. This is the one thing that you'll realize in whatever you do, whether business or a silly little adventure like this show or this Mm -hmm. in Iowa, doesn't really matter what it is. People like their comfort. They like their slippers. And podcasts are essentially ear slippers for people. So, I like to think of us now, you know, with you involved, we get a little bit of the mass appeal uh, to the audience, but we're really the niche, really the niche edition of uh, the, or niche podcast for the, the in the TAI e- ecosystem. Um, we've carried our own listeners too, but uh, we, we do, our, our place in that, um, network, uh, as it were, is I think as a as a hobbyist show, and we know you love a hobby, and I love yep. looking at them. So that is that is pretty good, I think. Now, I I don't disagree with you, but where I would place us, say if we were part of Shondaland, we're not Bridgerton, yes, we're not Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm. but no. we are Scandal. Ooh, that's where I'd put us. Okay. That was the Kerry Washington one, yes. right? Yes, 
Of course, it was the Kerry right, Washington I'm on one. I'm bored with that. I'm into that. Now we're talking. All right. uh, Tony, uh, dirt, because of the spring break situation, I did want to make sure everybody knows that we oh, will be stop. off again. I, I know it's spring break, but I don't want to see your boobs. I, I know it's a done thing to flash your boobs at spring break, but right. it's just the two of us. Spring break. <laughs> Spring break. Spring break. <laughs> oh, no. We're, we're uh, moving off Discord we, now. <laughs> right. No, I know. I'm getting, I'm getting pushed out of here. Yeah, I get one day of messing with this thing. Um, so I am off to New York City and Copenhagen next week. Next week today, you will be. I will be in Copenhagen traipsing around town, drinking whatever uh hopefully on that day some Heineken? delicious stella St- uh, some Heineken. uh actually i think i'd be going for tuborg the beer of danish kings uh, if i have to go after a actually that's a carlsberg product i believe tony i'm not sure what the difference is between carlsberg and heineken if they there is one but on them? different <laughs> no i i don't believe so i think yeah. heineken probably do honestly so um Let's look. Let's look. Look that up. Owner Carlsberg Heineken. Yeah, they merged with Heineken. Uh, so you got they got that they got that going for them. Um, so yeah, get some Danish beer in me. Uh, but actually, it'll probably be American beer. I'll probably be drinking Forager Stouts today because Forager is doing a massive takeover out there, and we know I love Forager. Um, so I'm excited for that. And uh, so yeah, we're gonna have a, another little break here, and then uh, we'll be back at it. I'm sure in. May at some point, but Tony, we're in the midst of the NBA playoffs. We're going to have a little bit of a delay here. We've had some we've had some interesting movements here. It's, I think it's proven out that uh, at least I am a terrible predictor of how these things are going to go. I guess I didn't know that Giannis was going to get hurt, but yeah. uh, we have the Knicks. We have the Knicks through. We got Giannis out, and and Miami looking like they're headed to the next round. Um, uh, what do you, what do you make of all this stuff happening in the uh, in the NBA playoffs? And you know that Nick Torque is hitting fast forward right now, so just go for it. We do. So this is going to be a thirty five minute segment. Um, it just shows <laughs> the unpredictability of the NBA. I thought there were going to be clear cut series, but it wasn't um, the results that I thought they would be. Like, mm-hmm. I I really thought that Milwaukee would trounce through. Um, even with Giannis Hurt, I thought they would have enough to deal with the Heat. Okay, they're, they're not out yet. Um, the Hawks-Celtics is another series that um, is closer than I expected. Um, yeah. About the only one that's going to script other than um, the Denver series uh, is the Warriors-Kings. I yeah. expected that one to be tight. Everything else has either been oh, yeah. further apart than, like, Knicks going through against Cleveland. Didn't see that happening. Um, no, not this fast, at least. I didn't expect the Grizzlies to hang with the Lakers. Now, I know the Lakers were a lower seed, but with all the things swirling around the Grizzlies at the moment, I just um, didn't see them hanging in. Um, it's just been unpredictable, really. That's what I can. That's what it comes down yeah. to. Um, it's it's been it's been something else. I mean, I'm not thrilled that the um, that the I mean the Lakers are. I mean the Lakers are whatever. Looks like they're gonna get through. They they gave it up today for sure. But um, I, I like how I'm you not, say I'm this. I'm not super but, pumped about that. But 
three two series lead is is not like a a, four, a three one series lead. And no, it's, I mean exactly. Yeah. I know they've fought back, and it was three one. But um, once you get to three two, you you can get on a roll. We've seen that. It's even more prevalent in recent years. If you get to that three two game, anything can happen. Um, I always think back to I think that's, Warriors, I think that's what Milwaukee's Cavs. Milwaukee's counting on. So. Yep, but enough of the NBA. It's it, well, I won't say enough of the NBA, but what I will say is, NBA playoffs are being NBA playoffs. It's like we've had a ser- a whole seventy-two, eighty-two games. Sorry, of like yeah, we've, we've had so much of it. NHL, even already with baseball, it feels like we've already played about eighty-two games. So yep, <laughs> and and we <laughs> should have a form guide, but. It just shows that as long as you're in the playoffs, it doesn't really matter who you're drawing. It matters who's got injuries at what time is really the key. So I suppose that's the same with every sport other than maybe soccer because you, you don't really have playoffs. Um, well, here we do actually. But, well, uh, in Australia we do, but I was talking about leagues yeah. that actually matter. Yeah, in good, in good leagues, yeah. Um Tony, we got the Week 10 XFL recap. The playoffs are starting there. Are Vegas um, in the playoffs? <clears throat> no. Uh, oh, Vegas is, was quite awful. Um, this week, there was the week, I mean, the Week 10 Rewind came out by our, our man, Josh Lewin. Uh, it leads off by saying, of all the sizzle, the XFL's reboot, reboot has provided on the field itself. Nothing compares with the deep frying it's provided to our brain stems. Okay, Josh. Anyone anyone remember the open of Pee-wee's Playhouse with the convoluted Rube Goldberg contraption that created yeah. Pee-wee's Breakfast? Yeah, that was Seattle's path into the playoffs. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> that's, that's how the, our man is kicking it off. Take a look at the word count here for week 10, 4,012 words for week 10. So the regular season is over, and our man put out, we got to guess, we got to estimate, because I'm not going back and looking at this. We got to look, I'm going to say about 45,000 words would be my guess. Uh, I think that's a little little high. I think it's, I think it's, I'd set the number at 41 if I was going to be there. 41. Yep. I think, if I recall, wasn't week one like 6,900 or something? Yeah, it was. That, that did skew the numbers, but remember weeks two, three, and four were like 3,000 words. Okay, so yeah, he, he paired it back. Okay, you're, I think you're right. So we're at four, we're at, I, I think somewhere between 40 and 45, we can at least agree on that. I think, I think this man has written essentially a doctoral thesis of an XFL recaps. Okay, now I looked up our, our good buddy, Josh Lewin. Um, did you realise he had a Wikipedia page? Don't look it up, no. Though. Don't look it up because okay. it'll, it'll, I've got another question to ask you. He had a radio show with a partner and I want you to see if you can come up with a name, classic sports team kind of name for a radio show, The Josh and Blank Show. What do you think the other guy's name was? Or like... Oh, man. Jimbo. Josh and Jimbo. Josh and... uh, Is it an animal? Like Josh and the Wildcat or something like that? No, it's not an animal, but it's it's a fictional creature that's not an animal. 
the correct no not an animal like the vampire you're close <laughs> you're close it's it's more seasonal the werewolf than that. the dracula more the, seasonal 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 the yeti oh you're pretty close but more a human <laughs> hybrid Bigfoot? more a human hybrid than than even a bigfoot uh, oh man oh <laughs> come on these are great so close apparently there's, um, more human hybrid than Bigfoot. Damn. There's a famous movie about these hybrids starring Will Ferrell. Oh, Will Ferrell? Yes. Oh, why can't I think of this? What, this is so what, bad. It's not werewolves, is it? <laughs> no. What's his most famous movie? Anchorman? Probably. Outside of Anchorman. Oh, okay. Well, I'm screwed now. No, I don't know. Zoe Deschanel? Uh, is it Josh? Uh, I, th- I think this one I missed. Elf. Jo- elf. Josh and the Elf. Josh and Elf Show. Oh, God. I never would have gotten that. I was thinking more like hair. <laughs> I was I was stuck on Bigfoot. Um <laughs> Josh and the Australopithecus, was, uh, but that, I think that was real. So, um, yeah. So he's got four thousand words. Josh, where, where was this show based? Where did he do this show from? Um, one hundred five point three, the fan. Um, New York City. New York City, I think. One hundred five point three, the Dallas. fan. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Dallas. It's, it's Dallas. Okay. Yeah. It's a big city for um, the dude who's writing 4,000 words about the XFL. So maybe, hey, he's had a I guess car- being on the radio. He, he's had a career. No he's good. done college football, college basketball, National Football League. Um, I wonder what he did to get himself um, relegated to XFL. He must have caught, been caught masturbating on a Zoom call or something. I was going to say he jerked off in front of Tignataro or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of those, Our brains went to the same place. I, I would yeah. say sorry, Josh, um, but I think we're absolutely right. <laughs> so you're sticking with your story. One hundred percent that happened. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's double check the scores. I'm actually curious who's in the playoffs. Uh, I did see that St. Louis isn't, despite being seven and three. So that's kind of tough for uh, for St. Louis. You How deep say. are the playoffs? Four teams. Um, I think they can only do a handful here. Um, so the scores for Week Ten: the Battlehawks won fifty-three to twenty-eight. Holy smokes! Uh, finally, some scoring in this fucking league. Um, defenders beat the Brahmas. Uh, so it's DC over San Antonio, twenty-nine to twenty-eight. Roughnecks over the Renegades, twenty-five to nine, and the Sea Dragons, Seattle over Vegas. 28 to 9. Vegas ends up 2 and 8. Not the worst team in the league, but close. Um, as the Guardians were uh, 1 and 9. So quite poor. Uh, next week is the semifinals, and it is the Renegades and the Roughnecks and the Sea Dragons and the Defenders. Quite unlucky for, for St. Louis at 4 and We have one season of the XFL under our belts. And already a four and six team has gotten into the playoffs, where they only have four teams in the playoffs. You got to admire. 
how silly that sounds. It's pretty funny. It's oh, always yeah, like I, an, it always feels like an anomaly when like Seattle gets in at seven and nine, but yeah, that's pretty good. I always find it strange with it's more American sports that do this, where you can have a losing record and and quite often you get into the playoffs because there's only eight yeah. teams in the, the AFL and that make the finals, make the playoffs. Sorry. Um, you really need a winning record because there are 18 teams. So it's above the yeah. top 50% that actually make the playoffs. It's actually quite a high bar. Sure. So, yeah, it's always weird to me that a team with a losing record can actually be in the um, playoff run. I mean, I think the basketball and the hockey playoffs have been great. I mean, the hockey playoffs have been amazing this yeah, year. Every, I mean, there have been a ton of overtimes. Every series pretty competitive. Um but uh, it is crazy to think, just looking at how hard it is to win a, a seven-game series in the NHL, especially. Basketball ain't easy anymore either because there's a lot more parity than there was when, say, the Bulls were tearing down the league. Um, and we played all those games, and you still have to do all this work to, like, get to beat fucking eight-seed Miami. Yep. You know? <laughs> it fucking <laughs> sucks. You know? Uh, hell, I'm watching Vegas. Vegas is the top seed in the in the hockey, and yeah, they're they're getting they're getting uh, they're all they're, all they can handle with Winnipeg. I mean, just the grind of this thing is is crazy. But uh, I I tend to agree with with that structure, Tony. That you played this whole season. That needs to be there. Has to be a reason we did that. <laughs> we we feels like we wasted our time, or we just did it for gambling, you know. But. Now, this is fine, but the Aussie rules playoff system is a little bit different um, because it's it's one v vo- in the first week of the playoffs it's five v eight six v seven instant lose you're out but it's one v four two v three and okay. the winner of those games get a week off the losers play the winners from the the lower matchups so you do get a second okay. chance in the Aussie rules playoff but only in that first week, yeah. and then you've got to win throughout. So I think uh, that's reasonable. Yeah, I mean, you have to you have to give. Uh, you can't we can't all be the Premier League and just bust out thirty eight weeks, and because you got to. I think for some of these leagues, it's like we got we got to get that advertising rev, baby. We need that. Yep. We need that sweet sweet dollar because uh, you get we get a couple extra playoff games. Everybody loved the play in series with the NBA. You know, people are watching that. Um, as silly as it was, um, you get some extra extra dough out of it. Yeah. Um, uh, Tony, did you want to take a guess at yeah. who's on top of the AFL ladder? Is it your team, Tony? Fucking oath, is it, it is. Kilda? It is. Hell yeah. All we right. were expected we're to talking. be down They're the my bottom. my team too because I couldn't think of any anybody else. <laughs> Come on, you've got the Collingwood Magpies, Melbourne Demons, Essendon Bombers, Adelaide Crows, Brisbane Lions, Port Adelaide Power. I mean, I, I love all Blues. the names, but... If I, I feel like the most, if I ever, when I go to an AFL game, it will almost definitely be for the Saints. So I think yep. I just ha- I'd have to stick with them. And we've got the best colors: yeah, red, I think so. white, and black, which is a pretty. I think that's pretty combo. good. Well, except for Arsenal, but otherwise it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> great, great result today with Man City beating Arsenal. Got a ton of joy out of that. It's the only joy I can get anymore is Arsenal losing because Spurs are so awful. <laughs> uh, I, mean, but they got a sweet I, I think everybody enjoyed. 
They do have a beautiful stadium. I, I was getting a lot of that feedback. It's just too bad that they're the team that's there. Um, <laughs> otherwise, it's great. Uh, we got some we got some positive feedback on having a little extra beer segment in our beer show. Wow! So I thought weird. we'd keep this rolling. I know it's crazy. I thought we'd keep that rolling with a little pre-Discord seg beer Ooh. talk. Um, now I'm going to the Mickler Beer Celebration. I think we've talked a little bit about this before, but um, we've both been to beer festivals like this. Uh, there's a million things you want to try. Uh, and and I wanted to start thinking about maybe there's some alterations to our prior methodologies here that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. I know we've thrown some stuff out there about, you know, not going too fast, being selective. But um, so you, you say know, this go fast, go hard, get everything. I think we go back to going fast and going hard. I don't know how I'm going to get all these beers in. But um, there's, you know, when you're at a festival with a lot of stout, a lot of sour, you want to try. I'm, I'm trying to think of how how I want to go about this in the mere four hours I'll have to get everything I want. So honey, what have you, have you, I know you haven't done a lot of these recently. You did the side project event that had a little bit of a festival atmosphere. So, um, you know, how'd you get through that? What were some of your, you know, what, what do you, what would you recall as being your good and bad decisions from your most recent, like a uh, heavy drinking experience like that? Um, there are no bad decisions out of the side project thing. Um, because you um, were there with just one great brewer, you couldn't fuck it up. Like right. everything was yeah. rated four and above on Untapped. There was nothing under four point one two, I think, if I remember correctly. So it's not really a fair um, comparison to what you've got going on. We we hit up the yeah. big beers. And by big, I don't mean just big alcohol, the the rare, super rare stuff that they had in the, in the bottles. And that's what I would say. If you've got your heart set on tasting something, and I mean genuinely your heart set on it, just, not just doing it for the cool factor, go ahead and do it and miss out on two or three other things that you're not so wrapped in. Spend that time, get into that line and actually taste what you want to taste if it doesn't live up to expectations well at least you can say you tried it i i would rather do that than just try and hit the stuff that is available now yeah it really depends on the quality of the beer festival as well it's not just a matter of um this goes for all beer festivals but if you've got stuff that you know is going to be up and down try and hit all the up notes you can yeah, I tend to agree. Um, it's just going to be tricky because I this year's list, this year's brewery list is really throwing me. Uh, there okay. are, I would say, even more insane breweries than last year, not to mention a bunch of um, international ones that I want to try. Um, Beer Fisio is in the list this year. Bottle Logic is there this year. Um, Creature Comforts, Halfway Crooks. Binback, Forager, Ruse, Funk Factory, Fremont, uh, 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 Microphone, Phase 3, Moxa, Narrow, narrow Gauge. Uh, it's just a crazy, a crazy setup. And you know Omnipoyo, you know I'm going to be drinking that shit. Outer Range, it's, it's wild. So I'm trying to think about, uh, I'm trying to keep my head about me. Um, I think it's going to be important to flip back and forth. They're going to have a logger area, so I think I'm going to frequent that 
so that I at least have a glass full of something. It won't make me fill up something with a st- another Imperial Stout uh, or massive hazy IPA. That's one theory I have, that if I can force myself to sip on something low alcohol, I, I will have that there, and it'll keep me off the 16% <laughs> BA shit for too long. I can't be going, you can't be going back-to-back with the barrel age because you're not even going to be able to taste it. Well, this is where I disagree. I would I would rather set aside a portion of my day, and this is the weird thing, I would rather do like four barrel age at the start of the day and then clean up my palate for the rest of the day. Um, I know it's all up front, but you can at least do back to back. So I don't find that barrel age blows out your palate like IPAs do. I get I, IPA fatigue. Especially yeah, that's true. IPA, you can't. It's hard to go back and forth. Yeah, I think you got to I think you got to. Or sorry, it's hard to go between multiple IPAs. I think you got to go. You got to go back and forth between like IPA, sour, yep, lager, lager, stout, flip it, flip it in and out. Yeah. The festival beer this year is a pilsner. Ooh, nice. Uh, that's the beer they brewed. So I think that's clutch. Um, so it it's just I, it's bigger this year. There are more. There is more. This year, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be quite the, quite the scene. So I'm pretty excited, but I'm a little terrified. Um, you know, the other thing I think methodology-wise is um, that they do pretty well at this one is the glass is very small. Yep. So you are kept from making a lot of horrible decisions. Um, but we're doing two days in a row. Oh, the other thing I wanted to bring up in this session. Or this uh, method. So one one fortunate aspect of this one is they have a coffee shop in the venue. Like they bring coffee collective from. So we just we start our session by getting a cortado. We don't even go to a do a beer line right away. So we get a coffee and we wait in the moxa line with coffee. Is is our other professional move. So that's another thing I I recommend. Well, that's that's a really good call. Actually, I I always think. Oh, excuse me. Something that Nick and I actually did before we headed in to do the side project uh, event is we had coffee. Just yeah. get get your caffeine intake up because you know the beer, even when it's got coffee in it, is going to take the energy out. Even if you have to pick oh, yourself yeah. up on an energy energy drink. I'm not an energy drink guy, but if that's your thing, do that. But come in with at least your nominal caffeine load, potentially um, optimally a little bit higher in all honesty just come in a little bit more amp than what you would normally to to see at the yep. day because caffeine and the caffeine rush is not like a sugar rush you don't you're not hitting that downward spiral going off a cliff it's a it's a gentle right. exit out of the body at least that's how caffeine works for me yeah so coffee early uh, do try to alternate styles uh, try not to go. Uh, don't do the speed rush where you just go for shortest line stuff. Bad idea. Yeah. Uh, be selective. If there's something you don't like, dump it out. I think we've we've always liked that one. Um, if you don't, you don't have to finish that Imperial Pilsner that you think tastes like butter. You can just, <laughs> you can just unload it, rinse out. You're Are fine. you still finding much of that in festivals where brewers are just not bringing quality? To the table, they were mostly this. This festival is almost all good beers. Yep, 
we had we had a couple last year that didn't quite hit the mark for me. Could have been a busted palate, also. Trust me. Um, but uh, there were a couple that I was like, mm, I'm not going to finish this. This ain't doing me any good, or it's too tart, or too just for my, my personal taste, too. Yep. Too harsh for me. Too sweet. Something like that. Oh, and the other most important thing, Tony, we forgot this. Fucking have fun. Don't get your goddamn laptop out. No, no, start, this is where you've uh, got it wrong. Doing, doing notes uh, and, and having your beer runners run out there and get you the important beers for tasting. No, get your beer runners. Get your Excel spreadsheet. Google Sheets ain't going to cut it, buddy, because we mm-hmm. need to use all the advanced tools, and you need to be paying no, for Microsoft. I can't handle the latency. I don't have time for it. Latency. You have to. You need the data to be in the form that you need it in to access it so your matrix is fully up to date with all the variables Mm -hmm. that you're using to score these beers that don't fucking matter. At the end of the day, (laughs) have fucking fun. Most most people will never be able to have them, and most people never will because they're hard to find or they're unusual or they're like bizarre ingredients or something. It's, It's very unlikely that anyone's going to care. Um, it's very silly stuff. And here's what I would say. At least within your first four beers, have at least one of those beer kingmaker like you were talking about lining up for and check in those beers because after about four beers at a festival, it is very, very tough to check in beers. Yeah. You, now, this is a nice thing at this fest is they have the app where you, as like a, a quick automatic check-in in the app that they use, they have like they're they're hipped into the untapped API, which makes it super easy to check in beers, which actually is pretty nice because that's where you're looking at like the list of beers too. Nice, big fan yeah, of using that. So, and and um, yeah, just uh, try. I do the early session too. That's my other piece of advice because we've done this will be our second year doing early sessions. We're doing we're doing two earlies, and um, I think that's really smart because. Uh, a little bit of the afternoon to walk it off, get some get some water down, get a liquid IV down or a Gatorade or something, and you can kind of get back into it um, by the time dinner dinner time rolls around, which which is a good idea too. All right, well those aren't some very official methods, but you know, switch your beers around, don't go crazy, be smart, enjoy yourself, and and don't um and and make sure you get your full beer matrix completed in time for the end of the fest, or else yep. you will be punished. Yep, John Taffer will come for you. Um, but that's John something Taffer we should actually come up with. Maybe next show, based on your experience you had at the festival, let's come up with an official method that we then attack festivals yeah, with. Yeah, the official beer engine fe- festival methodology. Yep. Good idea. I like it. All right, Tony. Well, too bad if that's where you weren't going. <laughs> time for the Discord. Uh, all right. What do we got this week, Tony? Um, so it's speaking Fortnite. of John Taffer, uh, oh no, I, let me let me talk about this first. Um, we had uh, uh, Nick Torque is going to a Carwin Sellers event. So these look fun. We got some Carwin Sellers events coming up. I get excited about looking at these because these look fun to me. Um, there is a pint pint of origin events. So these are for Alpha Hop Society and Mountain Culture. Yeah, Nick can't okay, make so it. Okay, so they have. Well, they have so many good ones, dude. There is um, a KCBC. That's a good brewery from Brooklyn. Yep. 
Um, other half, other half boozy brunch bottle share. Hell yeah. Okay. Evil Twin, Evil Twin NYC. Okay, pretty good. And an official launch of the new Evil Twin Australia project. Oh. Okay, good. Uh, Battery Steel from Portland. Good. Uh, Sierra Nevada Alpha Hop Society. Amazing. Root and Branch. Excellent brewery. Uh, Mountain Culture. USA Collab Party. So you're going to have some special U.S. kegs we save for the occasion. Okay, cool. Dude, these look sweet. Bro. This looks so fun. Yeah. Evil Twin, I'm going there like this weekend. That's going to be awesome. Okay. So this is all a part of our Good Beer Week, which I won't be taking a part in this year. Just, hey, because I'm doing other stuff in Melbourne and, you know, shit's expensive. But uh, Good Beer Week is um, back on for the first time since COVID. Uh, It's a huge beer week in Melbourne where you have Pine of Origin at a bunch of different places. Carwin are probably leading the charge this year with their Pine of Origin. But there's also things like um, a day with the brewer. you got musical acts and, and drinking uh, beer yeah. and cocktail pairings. Um, Good Beer Week is the premier um, beer event in Australia that is not necessarily a festival. It's a series of events at different locations, and it it wraps around um, Gabs, which is the Great Aussie Beer Spectacular, which which right. is more what what you're talking about. Um, but the Good Beer Week program is absolutely phenomenal. Um, about seventy breweries are taking part, um, and that's in and around Melbourne, and it goes from the twentieth of May through to the 27th. So um, there's a whole bunch of great shit going on there. So uh, I should post a link to their website because the sheer amount of events going on there is amazing. And I'm just looking at all these Pine of Origin events. I mean, this is some some shit right here. You have a whole Scandinavian beer event. They're pouring from Omnipoyo, Mikkeler, Brewski, Duck Pond, Amager, Brius, Where's that? Oh, and Steve Bergitz. This is at Beer Mash. Uh, Beer Mash. This is a this is a fire list of breweries. Stig Bergitz is an amazing brewery. Uh, Oo is great. Amager is oh. solid. Brewski makes great sour. Omnipoyo is you know what they are. They're they're yeah. a hot mess, but we love them. Um, <laughs> they're a hot mess on purpose. It's the greatest. Yes. If you're a hot mess on um, purpose, embrace that shit. Yeah, they make fire lager though too. It's really good. I know. I'm, I was um, watching a doco on that, and they have four separate lager tanks, and they've all got different names. And yeah, they're like really into their their lager, which is like super traditional yeah, lager. Doing Canadian brews too. That's kind of fun. Um, We've got Asian. Uh, Brasserie Dunham. Uh, you got Asian. This is. Oh, collective art at the Canadian one. These are good. I mean, dude, you guys, you guys got it going on with this, with this thing. What was the one you were saying? Asian. I'm wondering yeah. if the brewery. There's a Korean brewery that's going to be in. Um, oh, it doesn't say who's going to be there. Um, but the but there's a even the um, yeah. New Zealand one is going to be fire because it's like eight wired, and I have so much respect for eight wired, dude. We get we we've been getting eight wired stuff at um, Silver Stamp, which is dope. Yeah, that, that brewmaster, he, he's a genius. I've met him a couple of times. Um, Deep Creek is great. Garage Project, even though they're everywhere, they're yeah, great. Garage, garage Project's good, yeah. Um, and Brothers is excellent. So, yeah, they're, they're, 
I might hit up a couple of pint of oranges because you just basically um, turn up to a pub and it's a tap takeover, really. That's what a pint yeah, of oranges is. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's a good – those are the, those are fun. I mean, that's what we're doing and for most uh, – other than the festival. What are they it's doing? just hitting tap takeovers. Yep. <laughs> the, the Windsor, they're not actually telling you <laughs> what um, – oh, I think it's a gypsy brewing yeah. one. So it's a no mm. origin, so um, – that's fun. Yeah. Had to post this picture of John Taffer with his <laughs> bourbon. I could not get over this picture. It came up in my Instagram feed. Uh, he is now selling Taffer's brown butter. Brown butter? Is that what it is? Yeah, brown butter bourbon, um, which sounds just terrible to me. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I love brown butter. Like, I love, um, you know, you make a little of them, like, Butternut squash ravioli with the brown butter and the uh, sage in there. Tony, you ever have that? Oh, yeah. I like that. Like a brown butter that. sauce with the sage in there. Yeah, it's so good. But this, yep. I bet. I love shit. it with gnocchi. And his face, his face looks like goddamn Petra's mitt. I don't know what you're <laughs> doing with that thing. Um, uh, it's very Trumpy in this photo. And I know Taffer buys into it. got a Trump Steaks vibe about it, yeah. Yep. Um, so. Not good. Max Max wants to smash him right in the choppers. I agree. So let's take him out, Max. Um, Nick Torque has been making some progress towards the home stretch on has. his brewery tour. Um, although I did want to point out that I did get some. I had some. There is a. Uh, there is a drop of uh, Alchemist in California this week. Like. Okay, sorry. It was the day before I purchased this beer. So I had been to this bottle craft like Monday. Then I went on Wednesday and they had Focal and Heady cans that were dated like 4 412 or something like that. Like, all right, sweet, week old. This is fire. Okay. Um, so they got it. Yeah, they got an Alchemist drop all the way across the um, San Diego and LA, Southern California. So I had a nice, fresh tasting Focal. While I waited out my flight, sounds I had like a, a banger. Craft in Little Italy, it was excellent. That was a definite banger. Um, so Nick has been hitting up. Where are we at? Hicks Brewery at the Hickenbotham Estate Winery in Dramana. Yep, you got all those uh, right. A, a brown ale looks nice. Everybody, uh, get Kelly in here. She would love a brown ale. Oh, here he is. It's it's my it's Griff's drunk uncle. We love Griff's drunk uncle. He is drinking a hazy sculpin, a good hazy. I'm sure. I, you know, I am not. Fucking fire. I have not got. I have not gotten into the other sculpins. I am a kind of straight down the middle sculpin type. I've been drinking sculpin A, sculpin original, yep. and uh, it's a great beer. It's hard to argue with that. So it is funny that uh, I posted this bottle craft picture. The original ballast point is across the street from from uh, that bottle craft, which is funny. Uh, Nick, 142 out of 149. This is the Woman on Mars Red IPA at Good Land Brewing in Traralgon. <laughs> Close, Traralgon. Uh, okay. You've had beer from this one before. Yeah, because they're, they're 45 minutes away from me. That's where I catch the train to go to Melbourne. Um, Good Land's oh, okay. um, an up-and-coming brewery. Uh, they're like... Core range is fine, but their special releases are good. They do some good quality German beers around Oktoberfest, um, 
their barrel aged beer is fire. Um, but it's like in an industrial park behind a McDonald's in Terrelgan, the way I think every good brewery should be, actually. So, yeah, I like good land stuff. Perfect. Yeah, I, I thought I had heard you bring them up before. And then I definitely heard you bring this one up before, Sailor's Grave. Um, yep. These beers you've said nothing but good things about, mostly. So this place looks very nice to hang out in. It's like a little hazy IPA coming out of this, out of this joint here. Um, they, yeah, their their hazies have been on point lately, but um, it's their weird beers that are that are to the point. Um, because I had a carrot cake beer and another beer that I won't mention at this point that have been absolutely fire out of their their pastry, non pastry, non not non stout pastry series. I should say. So they're not stout based pastry beers. Not always sours either. Delicious. All right. Uh, then he, he accidentally hit a duplicate. This is Red Bluff Brewing in Lakes Entrance. Uh, had a nice pilsner, but uh, uh, he had already checked this one in. So 143 still. 144 was a schooner of New England IPA at five aces in Nearham South. Yep. Looks looks fine. And uh, now he's in the home stretch. So what's the plan now? He's got to go into Melbourne CBD and hit up Alchemy Brewing. He's got to go on a family weekend to Geelong and hit up Cockies. That's an excellent name. Twang Brewing in North Melbourne will be simple enough for a weekend. Two Doors Brewing in Ashburton is only a half hour from home. The grand finale will be uh, a camping weekend. Uh, we'll get to go to uh, Tony's own Mafco and have some of those Tony beers. So. Well, what, Nick, how, how, how much better could it get than that? I don't know. I'll, I'll um, let Nick know the Saison just went on today. There'll be plenty of that to go around because I don't imagine that'll be a big seller in Mafra other than me, and I'll be draining that fucking... Uh, how's it tasting? Excellent, because I've, I've been tasting good. that one out of the uni tank, and uh, it's always been good. Um, it's Excellent. a little cloudy and a little hazy. Because of the brewer and his recipe, but that bell says on yeast uh, <laughs> shines through. So, um, so I'm excited. I may hit Nick up to see whether he wants to tag along uh, in Melbourne CBD because I'm going to be in town on Friday. So we'll see if Nick wants to tag along. I may have to get down to Melbourne early so I can have a, a beverage or two with the great man himself. That sounds excellent. All right. Uh, and we also had Max. Max looks like he's at the Phillies game today, maybe. Uh, drinking a slugger from Sly Fox Brewing. Um, very nice. Hey, go to the ball game. I'm hoping to get when I get into Chicago. I'm going to Chicago in July. I'm hoping to uh, get over to the uh, maybe the Cub game. Uh, should be easy to go to a White Sox game. They're getting their shit kicked in all year. They're terrible. So maybe I'll just do that, pay about $5 and drink about 10 Pipeworks Ninja Unicorns and stumble my ass out and get beaten up. That sounds pretty good. Uh, what else? Oh, look at this sandwich from Nick Tork, Tony, on the in the kitchen chat. It's called the Man Sandwich. <laughs> it's a, a sliced brisket, beef, ribs, burnt ends, pickled, pickled chilies. Oh, pickled chili. Okay, I get it. It's not, okay. Uh, cheese and mustard with a brown ale at Tar Barrel in Mornington. This thing, Fire. this thing's a monster. 
I don't know what's I don't know what's going on. It's 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 almost hard for me to tell what's but happening in it. But um, like you you put all those ingredients crazy. in and you think it's going to look like ass. Um, and it's going to be like a cartoon sandwich, but this looks like it's on good quality bread. These look like yeah, good the bread looks good. Ingredients sounds like fire. Uh, looks like our uh, our friend Corey was at the XFL game. Wow! This uh, this weekend, and he was checking out the mascot game that they must have had going on during the during the game. Um, also, I like this post from him. Which is man in viral video destroying beer at Walmart, charged with exposing himself. Uh, so this was pretty good. Uh, this guy was destroying cases of beer. It doesn't even look like it's Bud Light. No, it's not. I think it's. Um, I don't so even what's, think it's. What's a bud, even the point? I don't even think it's a Bud product. If if I no, remember, it's Bush. It's Bush Light. Yeah, <laughs> it's Bush. It's Bush Light. Uh. He's, he's destroying Bush Light. And uh, he did expose his genitals to the Topeka townspeople there in the Walmart. Um, uh, so nice job by this guy <laughs> throwing the bush light around. Um, not bad. All right. So I'm surprised he didn't get his ass kicked or something. But uh, <laughs> grammar Nazi or grammar grammar purist agrees with me that that's that should have been the case. Uh, Tony, I think is that just about. I think that's just about it for this week. Other than uh, um, why don't we move on? What's that? Things we made in uh, in Chat GPT. Oh, did I miss this? Oh, I did miss this. Okay, so we have uh, AB InBev Bex makes futuristic beer using artificial intelligence. Okay, Corey posted this. Thank you. So they made Beck's Autonomous recipe to ads, a beer made by AI. This is sort of exhausting at this point, honestly, right? Don't you yeah, feel like I think this everybody's is just happening? Students. Now, the German beer leaned into AI to create the limited edition Beck's Autonomous to celebrate its 150-year milestone. Um, it'll be across Germany, Italy, Yon, and the UK. No! <laughs> um, and uh, uh, I don't know. I think it's just a is it just a lager. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I don't really say anything about what the beer is. Is it? Nope. It's just no. uh, It's the same thing that everybody does with Chat GPT. It's just fill in the next line. Yep. Hey, get excited because we got some more of that coming up later in the show, Tony. So hope you're ready for that. Absolutely. Um, all right. Good enough, Tony. Let's go do lager of the week. Okay, let's go and do that. Griff's Lager of the Week. Griff's Lager of the Week. Uh, you know, I think this week my Lager of the Week uh, is not going to be very exciting. didn't drink a lot of, like, uh, super unusual... Loggers. Although, you know what? I did, since it's been two weeks. I actually did have a really fascinating logger, Tony. Um, when I was in San Diego, uh, I was just going to say Schoenreimer Pills, which everybody loves. Yep. But I had some, I had a logger from Everywhere Brewing, which is from Orange, not Orange County, Orange, the city, California. 
Oh, not New and South Wales. I had. No, it, it is a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, no, because we've got an orange in New South Wales as well. Oh, okay. It was a. Oh man, what was the damn thing called? Oh, it was called. Uh. Uh. Oh no. Come on. Um. Well, it was a Pilsner from Everywhere Brewing. So, if you see any lager from Everywhere Brewing, I just got to tell you, you got to go for it because it's it's extremely delicious. It was very fresh and hoppy, sort of a West Coast style pills. Um, I don't know why it's doing this, but it's fine. Maybe it was Deep Breaths, the Czech Bohemian lager. I don't know. They have that hipster, um, like sort of, Gen Z uh, disaffected look about their stuff. Everything is written in all lowercase. Yep. Um, but their beers are are really good. So I actually really enjoyed um, pretty much everything I had from them. I had a double IPA too, West Coast style double IPA that I thought was really tasty. And I had a Kolsch and like a West Coast style pills. So everywhere brewing, keep an eye on them. I think they're really interesting. So Tony, what about you? Okay. You're going to say I'm predictable, but hear me out with the reason why. Mafco Lager, not an outstanding lager, but why do you think it would be my best lager this week? Well, I mean, they made it so close to your house and uh, that's one reason that it's great and you're able to have it so easily. That, that's fine, but I can have that any other week. Turns out that they um, had mislabeled a keg that it was had cider in it, but it actually had the lager in it, and <laughs> it had been hooked up to the cider tap, and I helped them solve that problem. So when they disconnected it, they still had a line full of uh, lager, so I got to drink that line full of lager, and they got fairly long lines um, for free. So that's always delightful. Free beer is the best. That does, that does kick ass. I do love a free beer, so I'll, I'll give you that, Tony. That's a win. Uh, all right, let's do some beers of the week then. It's been two weeks since people have heard that whole thing. We needed to have that whole thing. Uh, I'm going to go first because mine is a pretty long list, actually. Well, it's more than one beer. It's more than two beers. It's at least three beers worth of uh, mentioning, not honourable mentions. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that might be. Uh, no. <laughs> Thank you for the applause, Mr. Um, emoji Hands there. I would say my honourable mentions go to Molly Rose with their Marta, which is a fruited sour that um, was huge pineapple notes, um, and also Range Brewing Morning Ritual. I think I might have mentioned that one in the past. Big stout, mm-hmm. really delicious. But my beer of the week goes to a brewery that you mentioned um, earlier that um, good friend of the show, Nick Talk, it's just been to uh, called Sailor's Grave Brewing. The Imperials is the name of the beer. It is a sour, 
slash smoothie slash pastry beer. Oh my uh, god, yes. I know you're over the this style of beer, but but I love it. Uh, it's a for a sip or two, I think it's absolutely delicious. But once I get beyond that, I get tummy tummy aches. It's a nitro peach melva cream imperial stout. Nitro. Nitro. Wow. And I paid ten dollars for the can because Mafco's pricing for takeaway beer is ridiculous. It's a tall boy can. Yeah. It's four hundred and forty mils. Um, uh, just a banger of a beer. So that's my beer of the week. Griff, give me your long list, your honourable mentions, and then finally your beer of the week. All right. I'll give you a couple honourable mentions, Tony. One is going to be uh, we got a drop of Mickler Bauhauen Baghaven Brewing. Um, however you want to say it, whatever the right way to say it is. Probably neither of those. Uh, we got a drop of that. Here at Corey's in Vegas. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. And I picked up some of this old sour beer, some of this old dusty old money, and had myself a delicious guavaja, which is a Danish wild ale fermented and aged in an oak fooder and then aged on pink guava, aged for 38 months. So that one is going to be as delightful as it was. Honorable mention one. Uh, it was fantastic. The The next one I will give out is the... Opened up one of my Horus bottles. Um, yes, uh, this one's called Transcendent Collection Volume 1. A blend of stout aged in Pappy Van Winkle 15-year-old bourbon barrels for 23 months. Happy 23 barrels for 28 months and Van Winkle Family Reserve 13-year rye barrels for 24 months with raw coconut and toasted coconut added. This was the first I chose from my selection of Horus I picked up recently and it did not disappoint. Um, I am I am going back into the Horus hopper next year but not alone. I decided to share I decided to at least just turn the volume down. I'm splitting a membership with a friend of mine. Who will uh, who will be kicking in half the dough, and we'll be just kind of sharing the beers, um, just because I I really it was six hundred bucks this year. I did not want to I did not want to eat the whole whole amount this year. But this beer was lovely. It did convince me to go half halvesies. <laughs> I uh, I was pretty I was pretty excited about this one. Uh, do I like it that much more than Revolution? Yet again, no, I don't. Um, I think Rev. Uh, from a barrel character standpoint, could I tell it was Pappy? No, I'm an idiot. I couldn't. Uh, but was it a beautiful bourbon barrel aged coconut stout? Absolutely. It was delicious. It was fantastic. So, um, really lovely. And, uh, but that said, they, it, it couldn't top the goat from this week. Uh, I'm going back into the sour pile. This was called my, my beer of the week is the Chateau by Degard Brewing, had it in San Diego. Uh, Degard from Tillamook, Washington. Uh, this is a four-year blend of spontaneously fermented and aged barrels uh, with an average total age of approximately 29 months in oak. After tasting, blending, transferring, and bottling, the beer is further conditioned in bottles for five more months. This is a notable Brett funk on this. No fruit, just straight up. Horse Brett. blanket. Horse blanket, sour Lambic style beer. Nice. Um, 
kind of wood. Uh, so yummy. Only five and a half percent. Absolutely a delightful sour among the best I've had in a long time. Really, really, really good. So excellent work there. All those beers were great. Nice couple weeks here of doing fun stuff. Had a lot of traveling lately, so I'll take it. And sounds like I'll be drinking some other beers this week. Coming up for sure. Try not to get fat and die. <laughs> so that's Fingers crossed. Uh, let's get there. Um, all right, Tony. Uh, hearing nothing else on our beers and lagers of the week, let's jump over to the, a depressing edition of Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. All right. We're not, we're not doing politics talk. We're just telling you the news. All right. This is uh, from Fox Business. I had to get their angle on it because it's funny. Um, this is uh, the article is called Ultra Right Conser- Ultra Right. Sorry, you know, in quotations, that's the name of the beer. Ultra Right Conservative Beer, which is just a funny way to describe a beer. Because <laughs> it's <laughs> a fucking beer. Um, Expected to hit one million in sales since Bud Light boycotts. Quote, it's a movement. This is more than a beer company. It's a movement, you say. Can you imagine three people walking in, singing a bar, Alice's restaurant, and walking out? They may think it's an organization. And can you can you imagine fifty people a day? I said fifty people a day walking in, singing a bar, Alice's restaurant, and walking out. And friends, they may think it's a movement, and that's what it is. Oh, yeah. The Alice's restaurant anti-massacre movement, and all you gotta do to join is to sing it the next time it comes around on the guitar. I, I just when go. it said it was a movement, it just reminds me of that hippie bullshit of the 60s that was just as ineffective. Probably a lot of the same people involved, really, when you think about it, because uh, a lot of those hippies now watch Fox News, um, that it's a, it's a movement because you've managed to grift um, your way into a million dollars worth of sales. Let's be clear, this isn't a million dollars worth of profit either. I'll let you continue on with the article, but I just find the grift amazing. Well, so uh, this beer, uh, this has all sort of happened since we last recorded, I think, um, in, in some ways. I think some of it was going on a little bit before. This is from, but this, some of this stuff was posted pretty recently. But uh, so the beer is called Conservative Dad's Ultra Right Beer, launched, launched after Americans began boycotting Bud Light for its controversial partnership with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney. It's uh, expected to surpass a million dollars in sales since mid-April. Uh, it's been in business only 12 days. Uh, this this is a grift, if I've ever heard one. This guy's about to run off with this cash. I don't know why he would ever contract this beer again. Um, I don't think this... I think he's got... If he, I mean, he might be just a fucking moron. I mean, he is just a fucking moron. But um, if, he, if he had six brain cells in his head, he would get... He would try to get it to five million parachute out of there because he doesn't own any brewery, any materials, any overhead, and he would never do this again because it's only going to last so long. Well, Uh, But anyways, he said, this is more than a beer company. It's a movement of people who are speaking up and saying, no, we're done. This is our line in the sand, Uh, CEO Seth Weathers. Oh, yeah. It's it's a huge line in the sand, paying $19.99 a six-pack for swill made out of – 
of a brewery that is purely only a contract brewer. Because if you remember last time, he said it was going to be brewed in northern Michigan, uh, northern Illinois, sorry, not Michigan, northern Illinois. And, and the brewery in Georgia. The brewery that he had contracted didn't realise what beer they were actually making and backed out. I can't remember what brewery it was, but they did back out of the deal once they realised what beer that they were going to be brewing. Um, so he's got another contract brewer in the south to actually brew it. Uh, 1999 a six-pack. This is a one-time deal. Make your millions of dollars, you grifter. Um Hey, make the beer because that's going to be easier than trying to swindle people, but just do it the once, I reckon. Um, it's going to be one of the few um, right-wing grifts that you can get away pretty much scot-free if you do it right. Oh, there was tell they were going to have they were going to brew um, at Church Street Brewing in Itasca, which is was, was a brewery I visited. Um, that makes fine lager, um, is fairly nondescript. Um they had brewed, I believe they contract brewed for the Guncraft Brewery. Um, if you recall Guncraft from a, from early, our no. early days of our podcast, I know we've done a show long enough that we can't remember anything anymore. But I believe I brought up Guncraft at some point as being just a goofy thing. I oh, think yeah. Church Street contract brewed them, but I believe um, they, they, they were not looking to get involved with this one. I think this one was a little too... Dicey. A little too silly, so... The can is uh, pretty stupid. It says 100% woke-free American beer. But is it 100% woke-free because it is cans? Cans are recyclable. If he really wanted to be non-woke-free, wouldn't he put it in plastic bottles? Really? Like Put it in. Just put it up your ass. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, some of the quotes in here are just funny. Weathers encouraged Republicans to hold the line and never buy another Anheuser-Busch product again. Yeah, that's going to happen. They think conservatives are stupid. This behavior from big corporate, big corporate, capitalized, will never never end until conservatives hold the line. We've never followed through, but this is our chance. Never buy another (laughs) Anheuser-Busch product again, ever, period. See, Good that's luck. where you're Until admitting. Until we cause permanent economic harm to a woke corporation who treats us like garbage, they will never stop. <laughs> this is... They've given up the game. Like, this has never succeeded in the past. I don't actually think this is going to change it. But line my pockets with a million dollars worth of sales. Delightful. I'm just saying this This guy, I'm telling you, if this guy's smart, he will not try to lower the costs. No, fuck, fuck no. That. Why would you do that? Sell it, like, sell it at this price another three weeks and then fucking get out yep and i hope big kettle get out i hope big kettle contract brewing a charging a healthy fee because their uh, reviews are getting hammered at the moment because they're the company that are actually going to contract it so uh yeah i hope they're charging an arm and a leg as well yeah brutal um well, there's that. That'll that seems to be going on for honestly a little bit longer than I thought. But it seems like you're still you think this is about the right length. Um, oh, come on, we had a wall that went on for two years where six panels were built true. on private land. Um, you have to do the do the AB InBev stock price update. Uh, they're up today. It's up a half a. It's up a percent. 
today, if you're wondering. Uh, and actually, they are uh, up for the month of April, pretty much. <laughs> so, are you, are you telling me that this whole controversy has actually done nothing to really move the stock price and is just part of a bigger marketing it, ploy? And AB InBev knew exactly what they were doing. Oh, I guess I'm they're down, it's down 50 cents. Oh. So, April, April 1st. It was April third. It was at sixty six fifty seven. Today it's at sixty six twenty. So, um, but I would also point out that on March seventeenth, it was fifty nine ninety one. So they're up a, a healthy f- almost fifteen percent since April and eleven percent year to date. So I do not think you are doing anything. I mean, again, I will repeat this. Fuck Anheuser-Busch. I do yes. not give a shit about Anheuser-Busch. It does not matter. Anheuser-Busch is a, is a, a, a I wish that I wish they were a bug on the bottom of my shoe, you know, but they aren't. They're a big, big giant bug that is stomping me. So I, I would love it if they went away for some reason. It's just that like anything with this stuff, we, we seem to hyper um, focus on the worst possible reason to have to attack these shitty dog shit companies. And then you're stuck, you're stuck in between being like, do I have to root for Nike or what? I don't know what to do anymore. No, this, this is what you do. It's pretty simple. You don't root for the company. Don't give a fuck what happens to the company. All you hope is the people that get involved in the protest get hurt in one way or another, whether it's via hip pocket overpaying for beer, whether it's um, just having to give up one of their favourite products. That's what you're really rooting for. I mean, a $20 six-pack of of shitty lager is amazing. Yep. A a four-pack of straight jacket costs $25. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could get way more fucked up on a four-pack of straight jacket than you can on a six-pack of conservative dad ale or lager or whatever the hell this shit is. Um, so, you know, think about how you spend your $20. That'd be my, that'd be my advice. No, fuck um, the consumer. Right. Well, if you want to waste your $20, waste your $20. Support this grifter. You go for it. Yeah, this guy, this, I mean, I'm telling you, if this guy is a true grifter, which I can only hope <laughs> he needs to, needs to think about, he needs to think about his move here. All right. Uh, Miller High Life crushed by fist of champagne police. Custom, uh, customs authorities in Belgium forcibly recycled thousands of cans of America's go-to lowbrow beer of choice after they took issue with its slogan, the champagne of beers. Wow. This feels like a publicity stunt to me. But yes, uh, in America, the slogan, the champagne of beers that decorates cans of Miller Lite is rarely taken literally. European regulators took it at face value last week, seizing and destroying thousands of cans that were deemed counterfeit champagne and thus illicit goods. Uh, Belgian authorities and the French Committee for the Protection of Champagne ordered that 2,352 cans of Miller High Life be emptied and crushed uh, after they were intercepted when they entered the port of Antwerp uh, to be exported to Germany. Um, so these beers were not really going to France or Belgium. They were just entering a port to go to Germany <laughs> and they destroyed plenty of delicious fucking, uh, Miller high life here for some reason. Yeah. Uh, what, what, why is this is, what is this? What did this accomplish again? 
it is this one of those things this is one of those things that's like sanctity of the language or whatever but i don't i don't understand who could get beer and champagne it's just about pro- protecting the the perceived value of the mark of origin so champagne being one of those Kalamata olive being an, an, a different one in, in Greece, I think. Um, buffalo mozzarella in in Italy. Um, so, yes, they've got to protect their region, and I understand that. And we in Australia have a Australian sparkling that I think uses a champagne moniker where it shouldn't. And so they're protecting their trademark in their home territory, but you're right, it's not even the same product. It's... It has the word of in it, which is a fairly important champagne right. of beers, not champagne beer. That of is is fairly important. It's saying it's it, like I mean, this listen, protected thing, but it's not this protected thing. Destroy some fucking champagne uh, when that existed, you know. But this is just Miller Miller High Life, uh, and I'm a, and I like Miller High Life. I've, we've made this clear over the years. I think Miller High Life is perfectly tasty. We've tasted macro. Miller High Life together. Lot. Oh yeah, in the Vajaces. I, um, that was a. That was a. Oh, was oh, was that really there? Yes, it was there. What was that? Was it the Sahara? Yes, it was the Sahara. Okay. Near the NASCAR. I forget cafe. which one. I forget which one was which. Uh, I remember you and I drinking a hams together once in the. Um... That's wrong, because you upgraded to Heineken. It cost you another twenty oh, cents. That's right. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't even have done that either. No. Uh, that was a stupid young version of me. Uh, You're like, I upgraded the 20 cents to the happened. good version of the beer. I'm like, you, you spend 20 cents to go to Heineken? Yeah, that's maybe not too smart. Um, anyways, so here, this is, uh, this is I like this quote at the end. This is Matt Simpson, who's the owner of the beer sommelier. A consultancy based in Atlanta. He said that beers like Miller High Life are as simple as beer can get. They're not bad beers. They're just not, they're usually seen as the opposite of sophisticated. No matter how relatively simple and understanding the typical Miller High Life drinker is academically, I think that at the very least, they understand the difference between beer and wine. And it's hard to argue oh, with that. So I don't know. I think I can put kind of a straight kind of. Can, Kind of a stray being caught by drinkers of Miller High Life there. <laughs> Unfair, but <laughs> uh, need well. that. Um, I, I, you know what? Uh, this is just all this naming stuff, right? It's not the champagne, the Kalamata olive, the uh, fucking Parmesan cheese, uh, Serrano ham, and so on and so forth, right? Or Hymoni yep. Iberico and shit like that, which. Some of those I get, uh, but Miller 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 Brewing is not making a hamon or whatever, so <laughs> I don't know. I I call it the hamon of beers. Silly, silly stuff to me. Or the parmesan of beers. Hamon of beers, yeah. We, we, it's full of acorns. Isn't that what the hamon eat? Or is that the, yeah. the, the, the hazelnuts or the black acorns or whatever? Black yeah. acorns. Yeah, that stuff's good. Oh, now, you know what? At, at, at um, this is my Vegas tip, Vegas news segment, Vegas tip segment <laughs> for me. Um, okay, now uh, if you're going to have a Vegas news segment, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but you've got to make it overly long and overly boring if you can. That's what 
Vegas news is all yeah. about. God damn! Have you heard the traffic is bad? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I tuned out. If you go to Haleo, I know. So I didn't know what was going on. I was walking. I was actually walking to my conference in San Diego. I was like, he just keeps going. Um, <laughs> the uh, if you go to Haleo, you can get uh, they have hamon. They have a hamon sandwich, Ooh. and it is actually pretty affordable. It's cheaper, I think, to get the sandwich than it is to get like the two ounces of hamon on its own. You can get it on bread. Um, so just get that. Get the lunch hamon sandwich at Haleo, and it's good as hell. Well, I'm eating a sandwich. I'm, I am eating a sandwich. Sorry, we record right up my lunchtime. Got to keep those sugar levels under control. But I just want to point out this is a home baked loaf today. And look at the color of that crust. Delish. It is it absolutely looks killer. Beautiful homemade sourdough. All right. So last news story here. Um, You know I love a list. We can't go through this whole list. It's too long. But wine enthusiasts dropped their best beer shops of 2023. I thought I'd do a service to the fine people of uh, uh, that listen to our show and try to give you some of the best beer shops uh, in some of your areas. So... We'll start with Las Vegas. Since we're since we're on the Vegas news segment, good news uh, on this particular list is that my favorite beer shop made the list. Corey's Fine Wine and Spirits. Congrats for making the wine enthusiast top beer shops in America. Issa Corey and his team offer an inviting space where everyone feels welcome by the knowledgeable staff and local beer is always a focus. Uh, thank you, Windy Forest from Craft House Brewery in Nevada. Very good. Now, um, what's the traffic like getting to Corey's these days from roughly your location or from the strip? <laughs> that depends on when you leave, Tony. You know, you might run into a little bit of a backup there near uh, uh, between the five fifteen and the two fifteen. Yeah, sometimes I think I think they must. Uh, you know, we could spend the next hour at least talking about what's going on, uh, but I think we'll just move on. Oh, bummer. Uh, a couple other ones yeah, give that us I some wanted highlights. to call that I've been to that I, that I like. The Whale in Asheville is a very famous and excellent beer shop. Witchcraft in Austin is on here. I've been there a couple of times, actually. Beer Miscuous in Chicago and Beer on the Wall in Park Ridge are both lovely shops. I have not been to this one in Chicago called Conbini and Conpie which I know nothing about, but it specializes in beer-adjacent beverages like sake and makgeolli, which I have been dying to try makgeolli. I really want to try it, the Korean fermented rice bev. Um, So maybe I'll have to check this place out next time in Chicago. Um, uh, There's a place I'm trying to go to this weekend called Beer Witch, which is a newish woman-owned bottle shop in Brooklyn. Uh, the bar has lucre faucets and knows how to use them for proper Ooh, traditional lager pours. Exciting. Bingo. You hit, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head for me. Uh, beer cellar in Portland, excellent shop. Uh, craft beer cellar in D.C., also good. Uh, let's see if there's any. This one has a funny name. Shangy's Beer Authority in Emmis and McCungie, Pennsylvania. Dude. Max Allotment's about to beat my ass for destroying <laughs> that name. I can't wait till he tells me about Shangi's Beer Authority. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> uh, 
I'm trying to see if it, oh beer mongers in Portland that's a great place uh, beer mongers in Portland Oregon very good bottlecraft in Oceanside I was there very good yep um, Elizabeth Station in Bellingham Washington that's a great one I've been there and I think that is about it why it's wet goods in Longmont hit that one and that's it all right so I've been to a handful of these that's pretty good um. So those are the ones I know are good. I would I would suspect these are all good. I will drop this link uh, into our Discord right now into the beer chat. Um, now, so that any of our Discord fans can listen or sorry can listen can read and, and take a look at that. How are often you are you hanging out at Corey's? Is that a once a week trip for you to stock up your fridge, or once a fortnight kind of a deal, or just when they've got special I don't even releases? Just go to stock up my. Fridge. I go. I go probably twice a week because I'll Good go man. on Thursdays for. Um, I'll go Thursdays just to hang out. I haven't stocked up in a little bit because I'm trying to get my fridge cleared out from different trips. But they've got about twenty um, taps, so you can drink there and have a couple. I just go there and hang out with friends. Yeah, we have a lot of friends who hang out there too. So That's uh, I'll go. Back to I'll Vegas go on Thursdays. Tories. That's what you're going to be doing. Yeah, the stamp and Corey's is pretty much the places to be. Yep. So you go to we we usually go to Corey's on Thursday or Friday, um, and uh, and hang out. Uh, Thursday they have a pretty good food truck that does like a little bit of a eat, uh, I don't see Mediterranean food yep. vibe. So they have like kebabs and um, like little like rice couscous kebab bowl things, and it's really good. And then Friday they have the the some of the best Neapolitan pizza you'll ever eat. On a truck, so we try to pick one one of those to hit. Um, yep, they're really good. Uh, yeah, Corey's is a is a once or twice a week visit at least. Problem is the problem is for that isn't you don't you don't get messed up at Corey's. It's that you uh, you you go to Corey's and then you're like your pals are like, hey, let's go to Wahoos. And you're like, all right, all right. Oh, like you need right. a lot of encouragement yeah. to get to Wahoos. Come on, dude. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Gotta go eat some fish tacos and uh, maybe do a bit of gambling. Okay. Now I'm into it. Okay. This is sounding good. Yeah. I don't. I don't need that much. Um. All right, Tony. Let's do one more thing today. Uh, I have an untrapped game. I know we've been playing a lot of untrapped games, but. You know, I really had to kind of get this show together uh, in short order. Uh, just had a lot going on trying to pack. I'm trying to pack all my things for a 10 or 11 day trip into a carry on bag and a backpack. So <laughs> now it's going great. Would you say that Untrapped is the champagne of beer engine games? I'm, I'm going to be careful not to say that specifically so that I do not have the most important game in our arsenal destroyed by the f- French champagne police, but I would say it is, um, champagne the, adjacent. Uh, the, it's the regional, it's the French regional sparkling wine of, uh, of games that you can play. I would say. And we're sending Tony, this week we are welcoming back an old family friend. Uh, we have been graced by the presence of PastryBot this week. 
This week's game will be nearly impossible for Tony, but I do think it's going to be funny. Um, there is no way he's going to get this. Uh, so I interacted with our friend PastryBot and asked him to... Essentially, I'm asking him to give me three different beers out of his brain. Beers that he would like. And, uh, well, gee golly, guess what else I asked him? I asked him to uh, describe these beers, give him a name, give him a brewery. And give them a predicted untapped rating. <laughs> and Tony, this is all based, this is all fantasy. You will have to guess the untapped, the un- theoretical untapped <laughs> rating for these made up beers uh, from Pastry Bot's delightful brain. But Tony, I mean, I, I think you're going to be, I think you're going to have a great time with this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okay. I know. I know you did too well during the bracket. You've been hoping to get back to all your pornos, so I gave you something that's pretty much nearly. So you're forcing to me do, so. to to have some seventies and eighties bush into my life. Okay. I'm essentially doing a reverse Louis C.K. on you. I am. I am. <laughs> I am forcing you to jerk off. So <laughs> go the other way on it. <laughs> so here we go. All right, pastry bot. I want you to give me a fruited. Barrel-aged Imperial Stout. All right. Tony, here we go. This is what PastryBot has spit out. This beer is called Fruitastic Voyage. It is a 13.5% barrel-aged Imperial Stout. It is by Funky Gnome Brewing. (laughs) Uh, Here we go. Where are they based? Are they in Nome, Alaska? How PastryBot talks about beers. Um, and uh, I think I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, he says, uh, "Get ready to tantalize your taste buds with the fruitastic voyage, a sweet and fruity barrel-aged imperial stout that will transport you to a whole new world of flavor." This luscious brew is bursting with an eclectic blend of fruits that will have your palate dancing with joy. You'll taste hints of juicy strawberries, tart raspberries, succulent blueberries. And plump blackberries, but that's not all. There's also a touch of exotic dragon fruit, tangy passion fruit, and zesty blood orange that had a tropical twist this already fruity brew. The barrel aging process has lent this beer a smooth and creamy texture, making it the perfect indulgence for any occasion. So go ahead and take a fruitastic voyage. Your taste buds will thank you for it. So what I can't give you, because I didn't bother uh, asking PastryBot for these things, um, is how many how many fake people checked it in? Because uh, I didn't really think that would have an impact on it. So I think we just assume a normal amount of people will have checked this in. Um, I would say this would be based on my understanding of how these be. I, they're estimating a standard amount of average amount. So I would say somewhere in the one thousand to to four thousand range of people who drink these kinds of beers. Okay. Now I've got to give a deduction off the bat. Dragon fruit, perhaps the most trashiest of all fruits, looks phenomenal. Just sugar, just sweet, just no flavour. It tastes like nothing. It doesn't taste like, don't taste like anything. No, so if you're getting subtle, um, subtle hints of dragon fruit in your stout, well, you're in trouble. This is just a sugar stout. Um, would you like? Would you drink this beer, Tony? What do you think of this? This doesn't sound good to me. There's just to too be many I don't different. Know if it sounds good to you. There are too many different descriptors going on. I'm not necessarily saying that 
um, all these things were put into the beer, but at least with the descriptors, like just give me three ingredients, sort of key as far as flavour goes, unless you're trying to recreate a dessert. So, yeah, this is like some kind of bonkers pavlova or something, right? Like with all this fucking shit on there, like. But that Melba beer I had, that had like four ingredients, and I thought that was that was going hard with the amount of ingredients. This was like what twelve? Yeah. Seemed like a lot. I mean, strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, blackberries, passion fruit, dragon fruit, blood orange. So that's all. That's a lot. Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, this is garbage. This is hot. Hot, hot mess, 4.14. <laughs> Tony, you get it. You get one. <laughs> yes. You're just on the cusp, dude. It's four point. They gave it a 4.05. <laughs> a 4.05 for a voyage. I asked, I, I essentially asked PastryBot to, um, to come up with sort of a, a rating um, for this type of thing. And uh, I think he got it pretty right with like a fruited imperial stout. I gotta give, I gotta give it up. <laughs> I think he I think he hit the target pretty well with because I think fruited imperial stout, unless it's raspberries and you do it really well, um, I think it has a mixed uh, mixed bag of of, of yep. readers on there. All right, now this one's here's another one, Tony. All right, pastry bot, I want you to give me a she give me a pastry double IPA. Oh, oh no! All right, what we got here? All right, this one's called Sugar Rush. Uh, I think I think Pastry Bot might have an alcohol based on these beers so far. I think he's got an alcohol and a diabetes issue. Yep. This, these are these are going beyond the realm of Pastry Bot's usual. And I think he might have gotten a sugar addiction since he's been away or something. I mean, I know he always loved sugar, but I think he's gone full on like the bug from. Men in Black or something. <laughs> uh, this is called Sugar Rush. It's from Whisk and Hop Brewery. So Whisk, like a like you're making a fucking batter. Um, <laughs> the Hop Brewery, eleven percent. Get ready to have your taste buds transported to the land of pastries. Oh, with the Sugar Rush, a double IPA brewed with a medley of your favorite baked goods. From the imaginative <laughs> brewers at the Whisk and Hot Brewery, you can tell there's like a thing about these. Yes. Whisk and Hot Brewery. This beer is, a, he has a tone, pastry pod. You got to give it up. This beer is a bold and creative concoction that devo- defies convention. Bursting with aromas of freshly baked croissants, cinnamon rolls, and blueberry muffins, this hoppy delight delivers a complex mix of flavors that will have you salivating for more. The balance of the malt sweetness and hot bitterness will take you on a journey of taste sensation that's unlike any other IPA. So grab a pint, a pint of Sugar Rush, <laughs> and let your taste buds experience the ultimate pastry-inspired IPA. 11%, grab a pint of it. Thank you, Pastry Bot. I agree. Tony, what do you think of this? I mean, what do you think of it, but what do you think <laughs> Pastry Bot gave his own beer as an untapped rating? <laughs> I don't don't think his heart was in this. This was like, okay. The man loves sugar. The, the bot loves sugar. You got to give it up to him. Oh, I agree. Um, I think um, I think he knows his heart wasn't in this. And I think he knows this beer doesn't score great. I think this is a 3.87 um, because you can just tell that he, he, was, he, 
he didn't go deep into the pastries. He didn't talk about the the, the French training that these guys had. The um, <laughs> you think he sort of half asked this one? Yeah, I, I really do think he half asked it. So I'm sorry, pastry bot, lift your game. Not quite, Tony. This one has a four point two from pastry bot. Congrats to Sugar Rush from Whisk and Hop. Patriot likes his own beers. <laughs> got to give it up for that. Guy's thirsty. Um, the guy's got to hook up his robot insulin. Uh, he's he's dealing with some stuff right now. All right. All right, Tony. Last one in this round of Untapped. You're one on one. You need this one <clears throat> to get out of the well or get into the well, depending <laughs> on what you're looking to do. Uh, this one is called. Candy Crush. Oh, come is on. From, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, uh, uh, make me a beer called Candy Crush. There you go. All right. Thank you. All right. Candy Crush by Sugar High Brewing. This is a barrel-aged barley wine. It's 13%. Uh, introducing the candy. Well, I don't know why they start. He starts them all with introducing. Uh, <laughs> introducing the Candy Crush. The creative and adventurous Sugar High Brewery. It's a barrel-aged barley wine that's jam-packed with all your favorite candy bars from the corner store. With an ABV as high as a sugar rush. Don't know what that means. ABV high as a sugar rush. This beer boasts a complex mix of flavors that'll take your taste buds on a nostalgic trip down memory lane. You'll get notes of caramel and nougat from Snickers, a hint of peanut butter from Reese's, and even a touch of coconut from an almond joy. Aged in bourbon barrels for a decadent finish, the Candy Crush is the perfect way to satisfy your sweet tooth and your thirst for an exciting and unique beer experience. Now, I did then ask Pastry about to tell me what bourbon barrels this was aged in. And he told me uh, this beer was aged in only the finest high-end bourbon barrels available. Happy Van Winkle. <laughs> of course it was uh, Known for their exceptional quality <laughs> and rich, complex flavors. Happy Van Winkle bourbon barrels impart a distinct character to the beer that perfectly complements the mix of candy bar flavors. Of course, the you're not wasting. Is a decadent the- <laughs> and indulgent brew that will leave you craving for more. So oh. I <laughs> loved that it came up with Pappy to age this sugar beer in. Thank you, Pastry Bot. You're a gem. Um, so, Tony, give me a rating on 13% Sugar High Brewing's Candy Crush. 4.38. I really think Pastry Bot thinks he's done great work there. Candy Buzz thinks everybody loves him. Huge hit. Although the Almond Joy should be a deduction. Perhaps I should have taken that more seriously, but I haven't. I think I'm going to get the right. wah Nope. You're in, Tony. You get it. Tony's Tony's out of the well. Oh he, no! Uh, he got a four. It, it's, I know, I know, it's tough. You get get, to, get put your hand get your hand off of that thing. Um, I'm tubing. He's got a four point the four point three. Uh, you guessed four point three eight. It's a four point three. That pastry bot rated himself for the his candy crush brewing. Um. Yeah, he'll be trying to get his A1C to 4.3. Good fucking luck, dude, um, after eating all this sugar. Uh, I did ask Pastry about one more question, uh, and that was just to see what he thought your favorite beer would be. So I asked him what Tony's favorite beer is, and he uh, gave me the, the Aussie Hopper. 
Uh, Aussie Hopper is the beer that Tony from Australia's beer podcast can't get enough of. Brewed by the fun-loving folks at Down Under Brewery. This almost felt like if I asked if I asked them, I, if I had said anything but Tony from Australia, yep, they would have given me something racist. I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this beer is a hop-forward, easy-drinking IPA that's perfect for a hot day in a land down under. Bursting with tropical hop aromas of passion fruit, mango, and citrus, Aussie Hopper is a true reflection of the vibrant and adventurous Australian spirit. This beer is brewed with locally sourced malt and hops, giving it a unique character that's distinctly Australian. With a smooth finish and just enough bitterness to satisfy any hop head, Aussie Hopper is the beer that Tony will be talking about on his podcast for weeks to come. So grab a pint, put on your favorite Aussie tunes, and enjoy the refreshing taste of Aussie Hopper. So, Tony, would you like that beer? That actually sounds delicious. I've got to be honest. I'd, I would absolutely be on that. Yeah, I would. I would be all over the Aussie Hopper from Down Under Brewery. Yep that that to me sounds like the most on point beer, most traditional beer in many ways, but sort of the the beer that you want to drink. So, hey, who who can nice argue job, with Cap GPT? I I only got one wrong, and people probably think. I mean, pastry, pastry bot. Tony is pastry bot. Sorry, pastry bot, not chat GPT. <laughs> I'm sorry, pastry bot. Take my fullest apology. Um, I wholeheartedly and humbly put my myself at your feet. Um, I know the robot overlords are coming for us someday. Someday very soon. I apologise. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and I think you did a marvellous job. And I'm sure people think I cheat at this game, but you know I don't cheat, and uh, this goes to you, prove you it. You would not be able. This is a this is a non. You could not have cheated at this. It, no, there is no way. I actually thought I really thought this was going to be the one that was impossible. Now there was the 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 reasonable thing to do though, which is what you did, which is just stay in the same range because I was just asking the same guy how much he liked his own beers. So in a lot of ways. Maybe that was predictable. But was it really? That last one came in much higher than the, the other two. It did. It, it, well, um, no, the IPA was 4.2. He gave this one a 4.3. He had the first one lower, which I actually, that was the one I was most impressed by, that he knew the fruited Imperial Stout would be, like, maybe not quite as well liked. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty good. Um, pretty funny. Why even make it? Why even make it, Pastry but I don't know what you're doing. All right, gang, another episode down. Uh, Tony, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us? Sure, they can find us on Instagram at the Beer Engine Pod. You can send us an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com. You can check us out on Untapped, where we're checking in beers. That man is Griff AD, and he's going to be checking in a shit ton because he's going to be using the API. And I'm St. Moz. It's going to be I'm bad. going to be checking be in bad. one right now because, hey, it's... Uh, it's a Saison well, baby from Mathco. Sorry, now. got the lawnmower man in. Some background noise. I apologise. And if you want to send us a few dollars to pay for my lawn mowing, you can do that at ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. Ah, Griff, it's good to be back in the seat. Can't wait to be back in the seat again in two weeks' time. Just like any great show. Yeah, it's going to be two weeks. Two weeks till we're back. Tony... I send you off with me drinking a delicious blind pig from Russian River uh, that I picked up a couple weeks ago. I have it's still tasting great because I kept it cold. It's not, sadly. I, uh, I do want to mention to folks because I for- <laughs> it's it's lovely. Uh, but I um, 
do want to mention to folks, you can join our Discord. Just drop us a note, an email, a uh, 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 Instagram message, or just go to our website, beerengineshow.com, and uh, you can just uh, click on the Discord link at the bottom of the page. And we will also accept um, uh, pigeon messengers as well. I'm a big fan of oh, sure. messengers. Yeah. Um, so if you want to join our Discord, we will also accept those. Yeah, send us a send us a bird. We'll we'll uh, we'll figure it out. Okay, see you in a couple of weeks. So long. Farewell. Goodbye. <laughs>